week 10 is well underway, but we are going to be reviewing week nine tonight. Uh, welcome to another edition well of League One on the Rocks. My name is Rich. You can find me on Twitter at I'm Rich, but I'm not. Joined as always by Brian. You can find him on Twitter at Mediocre Ace. Brian, how's it going? Pretty good so far. Um, Miami's up 90 to 84 with two minutes left in the third. So um, like I said on Twitter, I'm, I may be a little distracted and, and lose my train of thought every once in a while here because i am also watching nba basketball miami heat is my team so i am watching them and uh playoff basketball is my favorite sport to watch so just a forewarning to everybody out there for playoff uh basketball is your favorite playoff one to watch Mm -hmm. yeah basketball is my favorite sport in general to watch but um, especially playoff nba basketball it's it is my favorite Soccer is my favorite sport, but as far as playoffs, I would go with hockey. That's my favorite. Hockey playoffs are very good as well. That's yeah. It's like baseball for me. That's the only time I'll watch professional baseball or hockey is when it comes to playoff time. Yeah. So. Yep, I can understand that. Just a lot of games. And with hockey, too, yeah. it's hard because a lot of the hockey mat- games are on, like, ESPN Plus or stuff like that. So, like, if I'm out at a bar or something, they have to, like, have the ESPN plus package to be able to watch half of them. So yep. it is nice though, when I come home from work and I can see like randomly the Rangers are playing the penguins or something like that and turn that yeah. on and watch it. And you said your team is the Rangers, the Rangers. Yeah. Nice. And that's literally a luck of the draw kind of thing. My dad had a Rangers Jersey sitting in his uh, closet and I just happened to find it and ask if I could have it. So then the Rangers became my team. Was it a Messier Jersey? I couldn't tell you what oh, who yeah. a player was. Yeah, I don't have it anymore. I don't actually know what happened to it. But well, if you're a kid, you probably can't fit into it anymore. So no, I think it was more like a uh, pajama T-shirt kind of thing. Oh, gotcha. Well, I oh shoot, I just overflowed. What are you drinking tonight? Oh, yeah. um, I've got water, but because I was watching the playoffs earlier, I did have a couple of beers before so just to calm the nerves because it's a big big game tonight so uh eastern conference finals eastern conference finals game one celtics and heat nice i am drinking modello i just uh tried to add some lime juice in there and oops spilled it a little bit it'll overflow a little bit as soon as that lime juice hits that it starts to bubble up a little bit. Yeah. We're all good, though. Let me just do the old-fashioned pull up the sleeve and give it a good oh, wipe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do that on a daily basis. Yeah. All right. All good. Well, week nine, we had some very intriguing matchups. And by the end of week nine... Uh, Ford Madison jumped four places in the standings to get themselves up to fifth place. So they had a heck of a week, especially coming off that big win against uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, some some big results here. I mean, you go from Madison beating the number one club in the league to Lexington beating the number two club in the league in Charlotte with their 1-0 victory. I mean, just some crazy results. Very much so. This is a league of chaos, and it is starting to rear its head again. Yeah. 
And the uh, the match that we previewed with Greenville hosting Richmond lived up to expectations because, man, it was uh, it was a battle of the heavyweights there. That mm-hmm. was that was a fun one to watch. Yeah, that looked like one of those old uh, maybe like Frazier Ali fights. Two heavyweights yeah. going at it. The two best in the business going at it. Um, just a great match all around. A lot ended of great matches. The, yeah, ended up in a 2-2 draw, but uh, there was plenty of action going on, not just on the scoreboard, too. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So in recent weeks, I've been you know, talking highly of uh, Richmond saying that they're going to be a team that's going to be a deep threat, you know, later in the season. They're not going to be flashy or anything like that, but they're going to be, you know, steadily consistent throughout the season and um, show off their excellence. Well, I mean, looking at the first half of that match against Greenville, uh, I was eating crow, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, not a great, not a great uh, showing in that first half. Um it was pretty much all Greenville the entire yeah. first half. Um, and, I mean, you go you go down two goals in the first half. I mean, that's, that's always a very dangerous thing uh, for both squads because, you know, as everybody here knows, 2-0 is the uh, most dangerous lead in soccer. And yep. it showed in this match. And, spoiler alert, it showed in the match earlier tonight also involving Richmond. So they've been on both ends of the spectrum in less than a week. So that's um, very true. I mean, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I think it would, uh, would be the thing that I would use there, but man, it's nobody will ever say it's not entertaining to watch league one. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if more people watch league one, they would, come to realize how truly fun it is to watch. Mm-hmm. Cause I think there are some people that would be naturally turned off to the, the fact that they're going to be watching division three soccer, but they don't realize they don't realize how good it actually is when you're watching it and how entertaining it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but when we jump into that match, uh, so I, I can't remember who I I think I drew I think I picked a draw for this one heading into it. I have to have to check my my vote on Twitter, but yeah, uh, looks like majority of fans thought that Greenville Triumph was going to win, and that first half they were right. Hmm. Yeah, my prediction of two to one Richmond was blown out of the water fairly <laughs> fairly early. So, um. Before even the thirtieth minute, it was already two zero. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was uh, I was not happy watching that first half and thinking about how confident I was and how wrong I was. Yep. Lucas Coutinho got it started off in the third minute with a uh, free kick straight to the the bottom right corner. I mean, that was a beautiful free kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, really no surprise that it came from Coutinho. I mean, the the dude has shown he has the ability to do that, and it's something you definitely have to watch out for. And I mean, in the third minute, too, just right early, and that's exactly what you have to do when you play against Richmond, is you have to hit them early and force them out of their 
high press and high energy um, way of playing. And it seemed like it did work for at least the first half of this match. Oh, I just checked the YouTube. We got some comments over there. Oh, Zach's, Zach and Tim are watching. Hey, guys, how's it going? My bad, guys. Zach says, not have who that all Florida up? teams? Not cool. Not cool. And Tim coming in. Corner kick for Rich. Yes. Corner kick for <laughs> Modelo. Yeah, and I agree with you, Tim. Broadcast quality doesn't help. Have to see it live to appreciate. Yeah, I agree. Uh, totally agree. If you're in the stadium watching it live, yeah, it's it's a totally different uh, beast. Mm. Uh, yeah, you just got to get out there and and watch it live. That's that's for sure. But back to that uh, Lucas Coutinho free kick. Uh, so Fitzgerald was on that post too, and so when Coutinho took that kick. I thought for sure that Akira was going to have it, but then I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. Like if he just read the the English on the ball wrong, if he set the wall wrong, if, uh, if he thought that the ball was going to bend, you know, farther inside. So he decided to, you know, sneak a, a quick step to the near post instead, but whatever mm-hmm. the case was, he read it wrong and that ball went right in next to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough when you have a an excellent free kick taker. Um, they're they've gotten really good at disguising their um, disguising their kicks and exactly how what they want the ball to do. Um, and I feel like that's kind of how most strikers are now too. I think these goalkeepers got to keep work a lot harder to keep these shots out because you can disguise these kicks a lot a lot easier. Because half the time when you're sitting watching them you'll think the ball is going to go one way and somehow they put some crazy English on it from some weird angle that they hold their foot or a place that they hit the ball. It's almost like playing pool. You have to hit it in a certain spot to get enough English on it. And these guys have just gotten so good at it. Um, Even in the third division, like it's, it's insane the amount of stuff that these guys can do. Yeah. And it certainly doesn't help that each year when these leagues throw out their their next design for a soccer ball it has this minimalistic feel to it where it's just like thin black lines on it or something like that mm-hmm. so it makes it even tougher for the the keepers to read the english on the ball as it's coming at them Definitely. i remember in the late 90s early thousands balls like had all kinds of paint all over them mm-hmm. uh, crazy colors crazy designs stars exactly. everything yeah mm-hmm. but nowadays it's just very like Thin black lines, triangles, maybe here and there, but yeah, it's for the most part, it, it's a lot tougher for the keepers, that's for sure. Yeah, it's gone very minimalistic for sure. Yeah. So then, not long after that third minute goal, we had a twenty seventh minute goal from Brandon Fricky, assisted by uh, Tyler Pollock, um, following a uh, corner kick. Yeah. Um, I mean, what more can you really? You really say, um, Brandon Fricky, another one of those people that if the name sounds familiar, it's because he's been around and because he scores, <laughs> you know, um, yep. and Tyler Polak, obviously another one of those big names. Um, yeah, just something, something with the free kicks and, uh, and set pieces for Richmond just have not been working. Um, 
I don't know if that's something that needs a little bit more work or if people are just disguising it so much better or what exactly is going on. But this is not the first, nor will it, I think it'll be the last time that Richmond has had issues with these kind of, um, these kind of goals. Yeah. And I think, uh, you brought up uh, something on Twitter earlier this week, but it's more in reference to, uh, holiday over at North Carolina, but I kind of wanted to do some research into, uh, goalkeeper tendencies and what kind of goals are given up and from what distance and all that kind of stuff. It was going to be an exhausting type of, you know, research to, to look up for just like a, a 10 second discussion, but at the same time, I mean, it would have been really cool to take a look at and see what kind mm-hmm. of goals these keepers are giving up. Yeah, definitely would be. Um, so yeah, going into halftime, Greenville was up two zero and they were looking dominant. Uh, Richmond did have, you know, one chance there right before halftime that looked uh, pretty promising, but they couldn't uh, finish it. But then getting into the second half, Richmond, you know, Darren Swaski made the the right adjustments and Richmond came out guns a blazing. Or yeah. either that and come combine that with Hark saying, all right, we got a 2-0 lead. Let's sit back a little bit. Let's start absorbing the pressure. Uh, so I guess yep. a combination of those factors probably played into Richmond's hand. Yeah, fell into that 2-0 trap. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Richmond got the second half scoring started in the 59th minute. Uh, Nathan Ani, assisted by Carlton Belmar, um, just a shot to the center of the box to the top right corner. Um, I mean, this is one of those matches. These two teams are in uh, the limelight quite a bit. So again, another one of these names, Nathan Ani. You know him. You've heard him before. You're not. You're going to hear him quite a bit. Um, and just crazy too that. Um, Richmond ended up getting this one back so early. I was kind of shocked to see that. Um, usually Greenville doesn't give up goals until it's very late, especially with a 2-0 lead, um, especially with what they usually tend to do, which is park the bus. But um, I think something that really helped Richmond um, kind of come back this quickly was just the high press that they were putting on Greenville the entire match. And I mean, it worked. It's it's exactly like what you had said, Rich. One of your keys to the match was to work hard up high and to make Greenville make a mistake. And and that Richmond did exactly that. You could tell in that second half that Greenville was getting a little, um, either a little agitated or a little bit flustered with the amount of pressure that they had been receiving all match long. Yeah, one other thing that I noticed was that um, Greenville was really condensed, but they were condensed um, in their defensive third. So they were setting the back line right at the 18 or just inside of it, which gave Richmond all kinds of room to operate around the box. And Richmond took full advantage of it. I mean, they would, uh, most of the time, they would go look to their right flank to try to work some, some pressure over there and cross it in. But if that wasn't working, they were more than happy to switch the ball over to the left side to see if something was going to work over there, too. Um, another cool thing that I, I noticed from Richmond was the way that they they worked the, the middle of the field. So when someone on the flank had the ball and the, the center 
mid was right there. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Zach Moran. Yeah, Zach Moran. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was right there, you know, waiting for for a ball to to come through that channel, if it suddenly, if that window suddenly closed, he would uh, run into space somewhere else, and another midfielder uh, would come into that space, or even Terzaghi would come back and fill that space as well. Mm-hmm. And so you had that that constant rotation of somebody leaving their window to go find space, somebody else filling that window once the defender uh, peels off and follows him. So they they were not only were they keeping Greenville backed up in their own third, but they were you know utilizing their their personnel to to try to access more space and open up the passing lanes. And yeah, it was it was working just fine for him in the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which was something that I think you really have to do. I mean, it, if Greenville is going to stay compressed like they are, you do have to. It's almost like a rotation in um, like basketball or anything like that. It You rotate to the open spot, and especially in the middle of the field, you can do so much with the middle of the field that if you always have a guy there, I mean – obviously good things can happen and that's that's exactly what um exactly one of the reasons why uh richmond scored this goal in the 59th minute yeah um so not quite a bit after that it was looking a little bit more like greenville was going to be able to um walk get out of there (laughs) get out of there with a 2-1 win but in the 83rd minute luke pavone um Again, another one of those things where a ball stays around in the in the goal area or the penalty area. Bad things happen the longer the ball stays in there. And in this case, that's exactly what happened. Luke ball gets loose in there, and uh, Luke Pavone scores and ties yeah. the match up. Yeah, if there's a if the ball is going into the penalty area, even if and more so if it's going into the goal area, crash the goal. Because if that ball gets loose, just throw your body at it and force it in the direction of the goal. And that's exactly what happened here. Mm-hmm. That's all that's, I mean, that's pretty much everything that needs to be said here. I mean, you crash the goal and finish the opportunities that are present, and they did. Yeah. And I mean, as a defender, if the ball takes one weird bounce, just get it out. Live to fight another day. Like, yeah. you can't let the ball sit and rattle around because that's exactly what's going to happen. One of the uh, the lessons I learned as a defender, um, I think this was probably late stages of high school or something like that. I think it was, um, yeah, I think it was high school actually. Uh, there was a ball that was we were playing Creighton Prep, and there was a ball that was loose in the box. It was in the penalty area, and I went to clear it, but I didn't. So I was stupid and uh, didn't clear it toward the sideline. I tried to go clear it straight up the middle. Well, I kicked it right into a Creighton player's leg, bounced off his shin and went straight into the net. So. Yep. That'll happen. Yeah. That that's the kind of stupid shit that happens in the goal box. If there's a loose ball, just clear it aim for the sideline. Just get it away from the goal. Just get it out of there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there. So right before halftime, wasn't there a, uh, Oh, wasn't it a penalty call or um, not a penalty call, but it was like a, a possible penalty decision. 
I wanted to say that there was like a, a possible penalty decision that uh, the ref uh, decided not to award. Um, but I can't remember. I want to say like, oh, I can't, I can't remember who it was. I don't want to speak um, incorrectly on that one, but. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. But we did uh, have, you know, with both of these teams, there's so many names you could throw out for for a quality performance that night. I mean, there were plenty of them on both ends of the field. So narrowing it down to three players, I'm glad I'm not the one that has to do this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so looking at it, um, for my first star uh it's gonna go to lucas coutinho uh 89 minutes played um only had one shot and it was the goal so um i mean only had 50 percent of his successful dribbles and didn't everything else really was not was not stellar um stat wise but just him on the field and uh scoring the goal and playing that that midfield role, uh, that center midfielder role, um, really worked out for, for Greenville. So he's going to get the nod for that one. Um, my two star player is going to flip it to the other side and Nathan Otte for Richmond played all 90 minutes, two shots with one goal, 81% of his passes, um, 93 touches, 13 in the final third, and 58% on his accurate long balls. Um, just won 83% of his aerial duels and 75% of his ground duels. So, um, Ani is a you know coming in as a center back and doing that kind of work. It was a a big reason why Richmond ended up tying this match. And my third one, I know Ricky got the goal, but I have to go with Michael Hornsby for Richmond. Uh, 72% accurate passes, hundred or uh, yeah, three for three on successful dribbles. It's a hundred percent is what I was going to say. Um, and won all of his tackles um, with eight recoveries and three interceptions. So, um, Hornsby just being a, a force on that left side and, um, really just the defenders for Richmond coming in, especially after giving up those two goals in that second half really stepped it up. Um, but I feel like those two guys were, were some of the biggest reasons why, um, they were successful and ended up getting this draw, making something out of nothing. Good choices. I thought for sure you were going to go with uh, Ricky. So, but Hornsby, yeah, that's that's a good pick too. It was a tough decision, I will say. One that I kind of made on the fly, but it still was a tough decision. Yeah. Well, as far as week 10 for both of these clubs, um, Richmond actually played tonight. They played North Carolina. And as you heard us speaking earlier, um, ended up losing. Mm -hmm. 
by a man. It was it was a close one too. It was three uh, two for North Carolina, but uh, Richmond seemed to be controlling it for for quite a bit. Uh, yeah, Richmond had the majority of the uh, of the what's the word I'm looking for. Um. Momentum. Anyway, there you go. Thank you. Yes, momentum, <laughs> and uh, all it took was 15 minutes. And North Carolina scored three goals within 15 minutes to win that match. So it's tough. Yeah. So, uh, well, Richmond does play again. They play Lexington on Saturday. That'll be a home match. So City Stadium will be filled for that one. That'll be a good one. And then Greenville will be hosting One Knox on Saturday at the same time as Richmond-Lexington. Those will both kick off at 6 p.m. Central time. Um, So... Even though Richmond did drop this one against North Carolina, they still have another opportunity to get three points and climb in the uh, the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to take a look at the math that I did for the uh, the graphic that we we posted earlier this week, but uh, I don't know how high they'd be able to climb now, given that they lost this match. But ah, not a big deal at this point. <laughs> um. But week 10 uh, is definitely going to be uh, exciting for them. You know, Greenville hosting One Knox, One Knox coming off of uh, their big showing, um, you know, against North Northern Colorado. I mean, even though they lost two to one, uh, they still had a strong, show, uh, strong showing that night. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be a tough one for, for Greenville. Definitely. Um... And Tim with Ranting Blue Penguin Media saying uh, Terzaghi is still on one goal with 11 shots, four on target, one goal. This is not the Terzaghi of the last three years, and that's even no, after not. tonight's match. Yeah. Because he didn't even – did he pl- – I don't remember. Did he even end up playing tonight? I don't think he even dressed, did he? Uh, I don't think he dressed. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I don't, I don't, I think he was he was on the sideline. Or I don't even think he was on the sideline. Yeah, I don't think he dressed, so I don't think he was even on the bench. Man, that's shocking, but I mean, also probably not that shocking because he is on the upper upper part of the scale as far as age for a professional soccer player. Yeah, I would also say it's a it's a bit of load management as well because if you if you know that you're playing a, a midweek match against Richmond, I mean. We're not even halfway through the season. Do you really want to throw your A squad at um, North Carolina right out there and at the gate, especially with how hot they are? I'd almost rather rest them and, and let them feel refreshed so that when they play Lexington this weekend, they have a better chance of getting those three points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh We'll have to kind of see how it goes. This is quite a bit of match, quite a lot of matches in a short time. And like you said, Rich, we are, we're just a quarter of the way through the season at this point. So, yeah. I mean, we had four matches in week nine, but we have eight in week 10. So, I mean, oh man, next week we're going to be busy. Very busy. Yeah. That, uh, that shows going to be a good one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If not good, long. Yes. All right. So after Greenville and Richmond uh, finished, we had Lexington hosting Charlotte. 
Mm. And Lexington took the victory with a 1-0 scoreline. Um, I think I picked... So when I initially looked at the poll that we put on Twitter, I, I think I initially put Charlotte winning. But then the more I looked into this match, the more I saw and felt like Lexington might actually have a chance in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, at the time of kickoff, I'll, I'll be honest, I still didn't feel like Lexington was going to win. But this was one where I was really excited because... The, the stuff that I, the stats that I was reading, the, you know, the, the footage that I was watching, it all seemed to, to make it seem as if there was the possibility for some, some heavy drama. And that's exactly what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I said that they had the opportunity to, um, to do it. I mean, they had the squad, they just needed to come out and put an entire match together. Um, I also said I did not think Lexington was going to be able to do it. Um, and I was wrong. And this, this was a great team win uh, for Lexington, which kind of showed that even though they're low on the table, I mean, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. And especially when it's a team like Lexington, who has all the parts to be able to do it, they just need to be able to put it all together week in and week out. So they're definitely going to be ones to to watch um as this season moves on yeah and speaking of uh lexington having to put together a complete you know performance you know you look at lexington's goalkeeper amal knight i mean he had to have a hell of a performance in order to keep up with with charlotte and mm-hmm. uh, i mean case in point that last second penalty save to to seal the victory man how how amazing would that feel to be the the keeper in that moment to save it to uh solidify the victory all on the home field i mean that would just be so freaking awesome against the number one or number two club in the league Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean it watching that too just i mean stood on his head and I just still don't understand maybe somebody who saw it a little bit better would be able to tell me but why exactly did Kalen Fox even get a red card in that situation yeah that was another thing I was I was reading over everything uh just to try to refresh my memory and all that kind of stuff and I don't I don't even remember him getting the red card yeah for me granted I've only looked at it I think twice now um but to me, it did not look like something that would warrant a foul, let alone a red card. I mean, I think I said that backwards, but either way, uh, I don't think it should have been a red, but I mean... And it was a straight red, too. It wasn't a straight red. One. Yeah. No, we pulled it out right away. Man. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to take a look at that to see what happened there, because that's crazy. But uh, jumping into this, so I wasn't the only one who was thinking that this was going to be a Charlotte win because uh, fans seemed to believe that Charlotte was going to win too, but it was by a close margin. The people voting for Lexington were not far behind the people who thought that Charlotte was going to win. Not many people thought this was going to be a draw. So that's uh, an interesting 
um, dynamic to to look at heading into to the match. But um, heading into the match, I mean, Charlotte in their last five had only picked up six points. In their last three, they'd only picked up four points. Whereas Lexington, um, in their last five, they had collected four points. In their last three, they collected three points. So still pretty close together in the recent performances. And uh, man, it carried over to actual performances on the field too, because this one was a close one throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, like I said, that's Lexington has the parts to do it. I mean, yeah. it, and we've said it all year. I mean, I, I know in our other shows we've said like this team has those flashes where they look super good and where they don't look so good. And if they could put it all together, they could be a contender and they put it all together in this match and look what happened. So, yeah. um, yeah, just, just great. And, uh, I mean, if you kind of look at it, I mean, if you look at the XG for this match, it's insane. I mean, Lexington sitting at 1.49 and Charlotte sitting at 2.21. It's, and their offensive Gs are both over one and a half. Granted, Lexington's defense, not so much. I mean, they faced quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, I don't, 16 total shots for Charlotte. So, um, I mean, there was quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of stuff going on for that keeper Austin Knight. So, yeah the the stat that jumps out to me is the amount of long passes that were happening that night. I mean, they were speaking of Charlotte, they were the ones that were trying to stretch Lexington as much as possible. They had eighty-seven long passes to forty-seven from uh, Lexington. Um, I mean this. This is a, a Charlotte team that had a tactic when they went up to the, um, you know, when they were lining up for the opening whistle, but then things started happening and they had to adjust, but they kept trying those long passes and it was providing a lot of pressure for Lexington to deal with, but, you know, Lexington was bending, but they weren't breaking. And I mean, sometimes that's just exactly what you have to do. And especially against a team that's, that's this um, Charlotte team up at the top, near the top, at the top of the table. I mean, sometimes just weathering the storm will do it for you. And obviously that happened here. Um, And with those accurate long, I mean, long balls in general, I mean, Charlotte was putting them out at a pretty decent clip. 68% of them were accurate to um, Lexington's 49%. But there's just... I mean, really high passes, but just could not find their way in. Yep. So the goal of the match, uh, man, fans had to wait a long time for this one to to happen too. It was in the 78th minute when uh, Balogun had an unassisted goal from the center of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when and you he was just in the middle of pressure, and he just took it straight to the right corner. Yeah, one you would have thought Austin Pack would have been able to um would have been able to stop or the Charlotte's defense would have been able to stop, but um Charlotte's defense was really not having a, a great time um trying to deal with this Lexington offense. 
which is something that I warned about when we talked about it last week. Yep. You know, um, defense is a little bit suspect, and, and that's kind of what happened. They just weren't able to get the offense rolling. And uh, Tim jumping in here to help us out with the uh, Kalen Fox red. Uh, he said, yep, Fox red was because it looked like he pulled him down after cutting across him. Soft penalty, but it was a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity since he was last bo- uh, last back in the box. So, yeah, I'll have to go back and watch the footage, but I, I that seems to ring a bell when you sure. describe it that way. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I've been on the receiving end of those reds, and you look at the ref and like, yeah, I know. Do what you got to do. I'm already aware. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you ain't got to say anything. I already know. Yep. <laughs> I have a, a really embarrassing uh, yellow card story, but I'll save that for, for another day <laughs> right. when we have story time. So with the performances from that evening, I am pretty interested to hear uh, who your choices are going to be for the uh, the three stars because I feel like there are going to be some sneaky good choices in here. Yeah. Um, so I mean, for this for the first one, I think it sh- really shouldn't be that surprising. Um, Amal Knight gets gets the nod not only for that penalty save, um, but I mean he had five saves inside the box. I mean, this this dude was under pressure all night and came through and came through when it really counted late in the match with a penalty to save all three points for Lexington. So, I mean, that's, that's the obvious choice. Um, my next one. Oh, this is actually one of the tougher ones. Yeah. I figured you were to go with Knight for the the first choice, but yeah. it's these next two that I'm interested in. Mm. Uh let's go with Tariq Muhammad for Lexington. Uh played all ninety minutes, uh had eighty one percent accurate passes with two two chances created. Um nine passes into the final third. So he was really facilitating, especially from his is that left back that he plays left back spot. Yeah. Um, and just really getting in there and uh, trying to get that attack moving. And that's something that you definitely have to do against um, Charlotte's defense. And finally for my third one, I think you got to go with Balogun, right? Score the goal that that beat the top team in the league. I mean, you got to give all three of them to all three of them to Lexington in this one. Um, they put up a full a full uh, a full game, and it really showed. Um, but Balogun, she only played seventeen minutes. Yeah, as well. So a goal in seventeen minutes is pretty. <laughs> pretty good 100% shot accuracy um 67% on his accurate passes so not great there uh also won two of his four ground duels and one of his aerial duels but again in such a short period of time and being the one to score the 
the only goal in this match is going to get you on the list as well. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to give him more playing time because um, I have to take a look here to see what his general stats were. But I, I feel like he's not a player that should be coming off the bench. He should be a player that should be out there from the beginning. Let me take a look here really quick. Mm-hmm. General games played. I, I feel like when you watch a Lexington play, when good things happen, his his name comes up. I don't think yeah. it's because, you know, it's something we've talked about him before. It's not like we've never heard of this guy and he came in and did this. Yeah, see, I agree. And that's that's why I was I was saying that. So uh, he's played in every single match this season, but he's only had three starts. Huh. So that's kind of surprising. It is very surprising. But I mean, he's making the most of his minutes. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, a goal in 17 minutes will do that. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. All right. So after the actor, excuse me, the number two seed went down. Now we shift our focus over to the number one seed. When, excuse me, I got the burps. Ford Madison traveled over to Cary, North Carolina to take on North Carolina FC. This one a lot of fans thought North Carolina was going to win. And I was one of them. I picked North Carolina to win. Yeah, I did as well. Um, but man, Ford Madison. This was one where Ford Madison just did not take their foot off the gas. They were relentless. Mm-hmm. If you are uh, a Flamingo fan, like this was one that you watched with a ton of joy because they got a goal in the first half. They were dominant throughout the entire match. They got their insurance policy in the second half, rode that to victory. It was a it was a good, solid night for Ford Madison. Yeah, and I mean, that's really all you can ask for. <clears throat> Excuse me. All you can ask for, really, as a, as a Madison fan. Excuse me. <clears throat> they uh, put together a full performance, and it was... One that uh, one that you can really write down as maybe a season-defining win for this program right now. I would agree. Yeah. Um. So that yeah, that got started um in the fourteenth minute for Madison. Um. Isidro. Yep. Isidro. Isidro. Yep. There you go. Isidro Martinez, um, assisted by Jacob Kroll, um from outside the box to the top left corner. Um, I mean, it's one of those things, man. It's it's another one of these things with these top two teams that you just wonder, is the defense there? We know the firepower is there, but is the defense there? Um, in Holiday's defense, man, this is goal of the week right here. If this goal from Isidro Martinez is not goal of the week, shut it down. We're done. Like, because that is a beautiful goal. Mm-hmm. Straight rocket from outside the box, across the field, you know, top left corner. I mean, it was just a gorgeous goal. Um, I think as soon as I saw that, I just like, I was sitting in my couch and I just stood up and like walked over to get a drink. And, like, fuck, 
okay, yeah. yeah it's, can't deny that. It's uh, like one of those, um, I think you can use the Vince Carter from the dunk contest meme. <laughs> it's just, oh. it's over. It's over. Yep. Yep. This, this week that it's got that one. Um, and I think I was, I don't remember if it was the Talk and Flock pod account or if it was uh, our buddy Rob um, up there in Madison um, saying he wonders like how it seems like Nick Holiday is having trouble with some of these long balls. And I made the comment, well, yeah, I mean, look what happened last year in Omaha where like yeah. he let a keeper score on him. So, yeah. And that was the comment that inspired my desire to, to take a look into that research. But obviously, I didn't have the time to do some deep dives into that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a deep dive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, great goal. And I mean, at a certain point, you just got to let it fly. And, and that's what happened. Um, Excuse me. Then we get to the second half in the 68th minute. Mitchell Osman, then being assisted by Istro Martinez, uh, a header from the center of the box from a cross that wasn't the actual corner but came after the corner. Yep. So, and again, Mitchell Osman, another one of those those players that you hear all the time, um, just doing work. Yeah. Uh, did you? When you um, watched the Premier League, did you see that the way that they were marking up on um, Erling Holland over the weekend, where like the guy had his like arm around him and his like his head was like tucked into his armpit and he was just you know haranguing him constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mitchell Osmond is one of those guys that as a defender, I'm doing that to him. Yeah. If he's in the box, I know that he's a guy that can take up a lot of space when he wants to. So I'm going to be the guy that's going to try to minimize that space as much as possible. And yep, he, he found his space and he punished him for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, much like Erling Holland, I, he does not care if, if yeah. you're doing that to him, he's still going to get up and, and score. Yeah. So, I mean, it, what more can you say? I mean, Madison just put in, put in all of the work on NCFC and yeah, maybe put themselves back in the conversation as a um maybe a bye in the first round or even a home match in the the first round. You're uh, saying the playoffs. Yeah. Ooh, okay. All right. They, they put themselves back in that conversation. I don't necessarily yeah. know if if it's going to happen. Um but they are definitely a team to talk about. Ooh, okay. I like that one. Um, if we're talking that level of club, uh, if you're throwing your hat at Madison, I'm going to throw my hat at, uh, Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado. That's a, both teams that are showing quite a bit early in this season. Um, I don't know that Northern Colorado quite has that, a statement win kind of like this, where they completely manhandled, manhandled a team, um, but uh, it it could be coming. I don't hate that that pick at all. Yeah, and I don't hate the the Ford Madison one either. It's 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 a spicy take, so I like it. Yeah, we'll we'll see how the season kind of plays out because, as Forward Madison has traditionally done, they've gotten hot <laughs> and they've gotten very cold. So um, if they can keep the momentum up, 
and play like how they did against NCFC, then yes, I, I see that happening. Um, but you just don't know. There's there's not a whole lot of consistency uh, in the past with this uh, forward Madison team, but we'll have to find out. Yeah. And at the, the final whistle, the, the XG for both teams, Madison had 1.36. North Carolina had 0.85. I feel like that 0.85 was high for North Carolina. I mm-hmm. I feel like that should have been a little bit lower because it did not look like it was a 0.85 performance. No, I think I, North Carolina really looked super dangerous maybe around the 34th or 5th minute. Yeah. And that was really it for them. Excuse me, the entire match. I mean, it it just was not their day and yeah. Madison pounced all over him. Yep. I agree. And with that said, uh I'm interested to to hear your your three candidates from this match cuz uh I feel like if you picked all three for Lexington last time, I feel like I know which side is going to get all three picks in this one too. Yeah, I, I I think you uh I think you're right on the money with that. Um but first we're gonna go with uh Isidro Martinez. Uh played all ninety minutes, one goal, one assist, um seventy nine percent accurate passes. Huge number, especially um with the with the formation that Madison ended up going with, which was, was like a three five two, um your central Central midfielder is going to be very important in that role. So uh, making sure you get those passes are obviously um, paramount. Um, G4 was I at? Okay, there it is. Um, what also won 75% of his duels, uh, drew two fouls, and recovered back seven times. So did it on both ends, really. Um I mean, passing was a little bit suspect at times, but overall, uh, I mean, when you when you strike a ball like that too, you're you deserve that first spot. Um, moving on to the number two, I think this is another one that's going to be fairly obvious. Mitchell Osmond played all ninety minutes, had the goal, uh, was ninety percent on his passes, fifty three out of fifty nine. Um, four passes into the final third as your central as the central defender which is crazy seven recoveries and two blocks which is also going to be very uh very helpful because I mean, we all know what ncfc can do with the firepower that they have so get your body in front of a couple shots is also really good and as far as my third one it's going to be a little bit um it's going to be a little bit maybe controversial but I'm going with Jacob Kroll. Okay. Uh, so playing usually a center back playing out on the left side, uh played all 90 minutes, 79% passing, uh seven passes into the final third. Uh 50% of his long balls were accurate, won both of his tackles. Um, won 75% of his ground duels and 
there was only three aerial duels he was involved in, but he won one out of those. So, um, and also nine recoveries. So the defense was doing a ton of work in this one. Um, and Jacob Kroll, I think Omaha fans know, and uh, Tucson fans know, and now Madison fans know how important Jacob Kroll can actually be in your yeah. in that last line of defense. So random tangent here, because you, you mentioned uh, Tucson. We're going to be talking about this uh, in just a few minutes um, as we talk about league-wide news, but we have that uh, women's league that's starting up, and Tucson threw their hat in the ring, excuse me, got the burps again, to be one of the um, the women's you know clubs that's going to be in that league, which is an interesting decision. Because you have FC Tucson, who was Division Three soccer, self-relegated themselves to Division Four to semi-pro, so that you know because they lost some of their you know funding and all that kind of stuff. Then they they somehow find the money to uh, make their women's team eligible for this possible Division One status. Once we hear back from U.S. Soccer on that point. Um, how many years do you give it before FC Tucson is back in the league? Uh, back in league one. Yeah. Next year. Really? Next year or the year after. Ooh. I think I like if, it. if they've got an ownership group in there, that's going to be able to, um, support a first division, potential first division women's side. Um, I feel like bringing the men's side up from, the semi-professional league two up to league one, which, you know, that's a big step obviously, but it's yeah. another fully professional team. I don't think it's that out of the realm of possibility, especially okay, so. if you use the same stadium, you use the same facilities. I mean, it, it should be a no brainer. So let me throw this at you with the women's team going to division one. Once again, if we hear back from U.S. Soccer, Division we'll just, 1. We'll just assume and hope that that's what it is. Yeah. Do you think that FC Tucson's new ownership may push them to championship instead? Phoenix is right down the road. It's true. There's um, a lot more West Coast clubs. They would have far less you know, expenses to travel mm-hmm. to. I mean, that's fair. Um I would have to look into it more to see if if you self-relegate and then you try to come back, if you still have to pay the franchise fee to come back into the league or not. I would assume so. Because that's another big investment. I mean, if they come even coming into League One is, what, a $5 million investment yeah. or something like that? And then yeah. Championship is like $14 million? Yeah. So coming in and bringing in a, a Division One women's side – which we know is expensive. I don't know if we have the actual figures on the franchise fee of that or not. Um, so we know that's going to be expensive. They may say, okay, well, the men's team, let's either keep them in League 2 for another year and see how this whole thing goes, or we just bump them back up to League 1, which is a significantly lower price tag. I mean, it's a third of the price of a championship squad. Yeah. If they keep the men's team in league two, even league one for that matter, I think this would be the first case where 
the women's te team would take priority over funding and support from the ownership over the men's team. I'm trying to think of another club where that might take place, but I'm, I'm not. Well, I mean, you could throw North Carolina Courage mm -hmm. in there. Um, well, I mean, with the Super League, you potentially have like Madison as well. Madison, I don't know if it's the yeah. same ownership group or not. Um, but yeah, potentially Madison has that same um, same thing going on. So, I mean, I, I mean, obviously owners are going to go where the money is. So, um, yeah. it seems like from everything we've seen that the Super League is going to be a really well run, uh, really well run league. So, if if that's where the ownership group wants to go and that's where they feel like they can make the most money because it's at the end of the day, that's what all ownership groups get into the sport for. Yeah. Um, then yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it and you know, it'll just be how it is. Yeah. That would be a really cool dynamic though. Like you said that for, for the men seem to take a, a backseat because they are two divisions back potentially of, of the women's side. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, know of any other plans for a, a women's team in that area either so for ft tucson to try to capture that market good for them man that's awesome mm -hmm. especially if you're going to be division one status and you can bring in the likes of you know i don't know an alex morgan or a, um i don't know I, I mean, any of those women I'm, I'm escaping all the names but i which sucks because i watch women's you know soccer all the time but um you know, bringing in any of those, you know, women's national team players, not only American, but Australia, France, Spain, England. I mean, any of those players would be just so much fun to watch. So to capture that market would be cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we got on, on, on a tangent there, but to bring it back to the last match of the week was one Knox hosting Northern Colorado. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one I think I had as a draw. But fans uh, were right. They were uh, picking Northern Colorado to win this one. Did I really have them as a draw? That's going to bother me. Um, but this one, all the action was in the second half. Uh, Northern Colorado had like a, a boom, boom type of situation with their goals. And um, not long after their goal, one knocks uh, were able to get one back, but they weren't able to, to find the equalizer. Um, so 53rd and 58th minute, you had Northern Colorado, uh, Trevor Amon getting a goal assisted by Arthur Rogers. Um, and then the 58th, you had Billy King uh, assisted by Trevor Amon. Man, another case of the goal scorer becoming the assister. Yeah. Pretty cool to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, in the 67th minute, one knocks pulling one back. Um, Jake Keegan converting the, the penalty. Uh, what was the stat that I saw today? Um, because there was another another penalty today that Jake Keegan oh, yeah. scored. Yeah. And I, what did they say? It's like the fifth one this season. Or yep. Fifth one this season. Fifth one this season for one knocks. Or was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, fifth one for this season. Yeah, for one yeah. Fifth one for I this had... season, which is more than I think it was Ford Madison has had in like 
their entire existence. Yep, I saw that stat too. <laughs> that was a good one. Like, I don't, well, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, that should not be happening. I don't know if all of them are completely justified or not, but I mean, just because they're escaping, they're escaping my head right now. Every single one of them, but I couldn't believe there was five, and I couldn't believe that Madison hasn't had five penalties all season. <laughs> Or all or their entire existence. Yeah, four years now with yeah. no penalties. Or not even five penalties. So. And just to save my ass, I did have a Northern Colorado win. So, Oh, there you go. I had that one. Yeah, I mean, it. crazy to think. But, I mean, I might be onto something with Northern Colorado. This might not have been like a super statement win for them, but they are, they're becoming more and more consistent, which is... Yeah something that you have to have in this league to come in week in and week out and continue playing at a high level, um, which Northern Colorado has, has done so, so far. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is about Northern Colorado. Um, they're just a, a team that when I watch them play, it just seems like they're not far off. You can see it. You can see it on the field. It it seems like they're clicking. It's like the the gears are so close to finally like setting in, and for them to to really take off. Um, you're just waiting for that moment to happen, but it doesn't sound like they're they're very far off from that happening at all. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yeah, I feel like this is going to be another case. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, there, there's a possibility here. But for your three choices uh, for the uh, the standouts, um, yeah, I'll let you take it away because I was I was going to make my predictions, but I'll let you. I don't want to steal steal your thunder. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Um, yeah, the uh, the one star is going to be Trevor Mon. Uh, played 85 minutes, had a goal and an assist, uh, 69%. Nice of accurate passes. Um, three passes into the final third, two clearances, and won eighty-three percent of his ground duels and sixty-seven percent of his aerial duels, and also was able to pull five fouls in this match. So, getting it done um, in the complete offensive way, and I'm sure a lot of those drawn fouls were were helpful late down the stretch for that team. Uh, my second is Billy King. 90 minutes played, one goal. 68% accurate passing, just one away from the one away from the good number. Um and this is something this is more of a I have three recoveries here too. Um and was able to draw one foul. This is a little bit controversial only because um, I have him as my sleeper pick for player of the season and it just hasn't come together yet. So I'm hoping this is the little kickstart right now that'll that'll put him into into that conversation. Um, and then the third, uh, the third player for me, I'm going to go with Arthur Rogers. So it's all yeah. three are going to come from Northern Colorado, Arthur Rogers with 90 minutes played, one assist, 67% passing, um, 
57% accurate crosses, which is a number we don't see a whole lot of in these upper 50s for these accurate crosses. The ones I've been seeing, especially today, looking these over, have been in the 40s and 30s. So, um, I mean, that's a big... That's a big thing in this league is getting these crosses in, um, and especially at a an accurate clip. 54% accurate long balls, which is a little bit misleading because he sent 13 long balls up the pitch. <laughs> so uh, a lot of the times when you hear me talking about accurate long balls at 100%, it's like three or four, but when you're throwing 13 and you threw seven accurately, that's, that's pretty good as well. And also yeah. one... 100% of his aerial duels and 57% of his ground duels. So, I mean, it's another one of those cases where it seems to be a thing this week of these teams that are getting the W's having just players on their side that have just outperformed the other side completely and fully. So, yep. um, yeah, and this was just another one of those cases. I mean, there was... A, there's other people I could have chosen. Like for one, Knox, I could have chose Jake Keegan, obviously for converting the penalty. Um, Derek Waldeck as well. Um, and I mean, Keegan's stats when you look at them are also pretty impressive. Just, just the way that Knoxville ended up playing this match did not look that great or deserving of of a uh, a player on the list. Mm-hmm. And another, you know, performance. I I talk about him every single time we talk about Northern Colorado, but Enoch Kwakwa. I mean, this guy. When you watch him on tape, I mean, he he's he stands out. Mm-hmm. I it's just I I like watching him play, and I'm excited to uh, to see him play in person again. Um, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, definitely. And when you look at Northern Colorado stats, in their last five, they have captured eight points of uh, of the 15 that were possible. In their last three, they've captured four points of the nine that were available. So they're right around um, that 50 percentile, mm-hmm. you know, capturing 50% of the points available. So if there are 32 matches in a season, that's 96 points. So they're sitting right around that 48 point area you know on average at the end of the season which could very easily be just above the playoff line so yeah i mean if you go by um john morrissey's uh i won't i'll say latest but it was a couple weeks back but or maybe one week back i don't know it's running together really at this point um but if you look at his points potential and playoff percentages yeah, if you get 49 points, that's putting you right in the mix for third or fourth place. Yeah. So they potentially have a third or fourth place finish ahead of them if they keep up the pace that they're on. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, that also just goes back to this league is going to be so tight and contested this season again. That, yep. um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. And yeah, they can definitely make it interesting if they keep playing the way they're playing. And oh, I thought that was this week. Uh, no, I don't see it. Dang it. Is that next week? Um, is there first home match next week? 
Um, ooh. Because I see they play Madison tomorrow on the road. I'll be able to tell you here in a second. But I thought that their first home match was coming up here very soon. Future Legends Complex. Uh, one week. And North Northern Colorado's first home match is on May 27th. 27th, so 10 days. Yeah, so it'll be next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Future Legends Park just uh, posted some pictures of their their soccer stadium. Um, they did. Kind of funny. Looks like it's in uh, a prison rec yard because it's got the the high fence surrounding the soccer field. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so much for an unobstructed view of the the action. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping there's there's some more seating along the sides there that's unobstructed yeah. views because yeah. I still remember I'll I'll tell this little tangent story really quick. There was um so for Nebraska football there are tickets that are significantly cheaper than other tickets and that's because they're quote unquote obstructed view seats. I didn't know what that really meant. So um they have the high school football um, championships at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. And so me and my buddies one time went and found the obstructed view seats. It's literally a giant concrete pole that blocks the entire center of the field. So you can see about 30 yards to the right and about 30 yards to the left. And everything in the middle, nothing. Can't see a thing. And you have to sit and straddle the pole the entire time. Yeah. So, I mean, they're nowhere near that level of obstructed view. So that's already a, you know, a point for future Legends Complex on that one. Yeah, so a few years ago, I think it was either 2018 or 2019, uh, my dad and I were looking for tickets to the Nebraska-Indiana game. Mm -hmm. And... I was looking around and I found these these cheap tickets and I thought, this is awesome. I looked at the the seats and they're in West Stadium. So I thought, hell yes, like cheap tickets over in West Stadium. This is going to be amazing. We go in there, we go to our seats and my seat is exactly what you were just talking about. There is a pillar mm-hmm. right in front of me. Yep. And just like you said, 30 yards to the left, 30 yards to the right. You can't see anything in the middle. Yeah. I was that sucker who bought that ticket. <laughs> yep, that unfortunately they'll get you that way. Um, there's a few different ones like that in Memorial Stadium. I think there's like four or five on that side. But if you also go to the opposite side, if you sit under the awning too far, you can't see like the top third of the field. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's quite a few different obstructed view seats, but yeah. Again, so you have to watch on those tiny TV screens they have in there. You do, and they still haven't updated them. I swear to God, they haven't updated them since 1997. <laughs> like, it's like the mo- first... You guys have ever seen, like, the first, like, portable TVs? <laughs> J- I mean, any of you that are too young to know what, like, a first portable TV was, look it up. They're huge, and the screens are about as big as the first iPhone screen. <laughs> but anyways, Future Legends is not that bad. So yeah. they have that going for them. Yeah. So we were joking. We were actually talking about this before we started the broadcast tonight. And uh, on the spot, 
it came to me and I thought they should call that's the the soccer stadium uh um the thunderdome surrounded by a fence um you know the the hailstorm so you got the thunder aspect so i i thought it would be a perfect name for it but i don't know if it's going to catch on but I, I i thought that was a good one i think it'll catch on now that you've made it public it'll catch on <laughs> i'm i'm speaking it into existence yeah we got we got some guys on the inside that might be able to make that happen. <laughs> All right. So as far as league news, uh, yeah, we kind of covered it with the the women's league. But um, earlier this week, it was announced that USL is going to be starting a Division One uh, women's league, and they're still filing the status with US Soccer to be approved as a Division One uh, league, but. The goal is to become a Division One Women's uh, Soccer League to compete with the NWSL. And along with that announcement came all of the clubs who wanted to become a, uh, you know, an entity within that umbrella from the get-go. And so they had the map, you know, posted on social media and had all the, the clubs, you know, checkering all across the country and, um you know, it was West Coast to East Coast. It was North to South. I mean, there were clubs all over the place. I mean, it was just really, really cool to see how many clubs within the USL umbrella really wanted to embrace the Division One status and and to just go all in on on that. Yeah, and it's super important to grow the women's game as well. Um, yeah, I know that that sometimes gets kind of lost in the shuffle and just kind of put in the bigger scope of let's grow the sport in general. But we all, I mean, it's one of those things that um, I know, I mean, I know the NWSL has done it, but a little bit of competition only breeds the best in whatever sport you're talking about. So um, hopefully they do get that division one status and they can push each other to make the product on the field better because ultimately that's what you need to make money, which is what it's all about in this and to grow the game is to bring in fan support. And the only way you're going to do that is through competition and better players coming in and being across these divisions. Yeah. Imagine being one of those clubs under that umbrella from year one. I mean, you shouldn't have to travel to, to LA, to New York, to Chicago, um, to these big cities to be able to see division one women's soccer. If you can attract that kind of talent to, Ford Madison to Indianapolis to to Tucson. I mean, uh, to Knoxville, um, mm -hmm. Lexington. I mean, there there are so many clubs across the country that USL has um, they've they've captured those markets. And if they can start a Division One women's league in those uh, markets, mm -hmm. it's going to be so amazing to for soccer fans in general to be able to have that kind of competition within that short of a drive. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Tim coming in again saying, give me a national championship between the top two tier teams. Uh, invite them to a challenge cup. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Now we know the U.S. Soccer Federation is never going to do that, but it would be amazing to see. Yeah. And as soon as Omaha gets a women's uh, team, whether they're going to be in that Division One status or if they're going to be in that Division Three status, um, doesn't matter. I'm going to be a season ticket holder and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. 
I'm looking, I'm looking at the, uh, the action that Tyler's getting there in Lexington with the, the women's and the men's team. And I'm thinking, damn, man, I'd, I'd love to be able to, to cover both teams like that. Mm-hmm. He's doing a great job out there. If you're not following Tyler, follow him. Crane kicks Lex, follow yep. him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What the, remember anything else really? Is there anything else in the news that we haven't covered this week? I don't, I think we hit on the, the big topics. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember seeing anything too big else coming out. Um, yeah. So we can move on to our week 10 preview. We have nobody sitting out this week, which is nice to see. Um, yep. And maybe nice to see, maybe not nice to see. There are four teams that are going to play twice this week. Um, one Knox, Chattanooga, North Carolina, and Richmond. So, um, first match was yesterday, which was One Knox and Chattanooga with... Um, it was one Knox taking the victory there. Um, gosh, I don't. Let me pull it up really quick. It was what two one, wasn't it? I believe so. Two uh, zero, actually. Sorry. Two zero. Okay. Two zero. Callum Johnson in the second minute. That's right. That one started really, really quickly. That's right. Yeah. Oh, it was after the the lightning delay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. About an hour or so lightning delay. Or two hour. It was two hour lightning delay. So it was supposed to start at six and it started at like eight yeah. yesterday. Um and then Jake Keegan, that was the second one, the forty minute penalty. Yep. Um another penalty. I mean it's just how it goes. And yeah. Chattanooga, unfortunately, you know, is on the receiving end of yet another heart wrenching defeat. I mean it's it's getting to the point where it's like Fuego levels of of despair down there in Chattanooga. There were some fans that were sounding off on Twitter, and man, I I am sorry for those fans to have to be dealing with that. Um, they are not enjoying their season mm-hmm. this far. No, and I mean, you go from playing in the final last season to second from the bottom. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, that's that's got to be tough on them. Yeah. And then, of course, we had the match tonight with North Carolina and Richmond, which we touched on a little bit earlier. Um, another great match coming up tomorrow. Uh, that's Madison versus Northern Colorado at seven o'clock Central Time. Ooh, that one's gonna be good. Ooh, I'm excited for that one. That is the battle of potentially playoff locks according to rich and i so that'll be really interesting to see how that one shakes out and that yeah. is in madison as well so yeah. colorado traveling up there to to take on the flamingos at Bree stevens so super excited about that one um i feel like with my pick earlier i kind of shoehorned myself into <laughs> picking <laughs> madison in this one um, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, and because I don't pick draws on the show, I'm going to go with, yeah, Madison takes it oh, three man. to two. Uh, three three to, two. to two. Wow. A lot of offense. 
Um, but I think it'll be back and forth. I don't think it's going to be like the matches we've seen recently where it's been the team gets up two and then the other team charges back. I'll go... I'll go Madison 2-1. So I'm going to go against all the hype that I was just spouting off for Northern Colorado, but I think Madison here and now is the the better team. I think Northern Colorado could be a team that surprises as the te- as the season, you know, continues. They're they're starting to find that gear, um, but I think here and now Madison is the better team. This this is definitely going to be a match of whose midfield shows up. Yeah. Um, these are two really good, really good midfield teams um, that pl- that can play through the middle and do it well. So um, whatever team's midfield can kind of get a hold of this match is going to be able to kind of impose their will on the other team. I think it's also a test for Eamon Zayed to, you know, to test the – the striker situation there in Northern Colorado, because when you don't have Irvin Parra routinely taking the field, um, you know, you got to put a lot more load on, you know, more guys. And so having to cycle them through and keep them healthy at the same time, that's a test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Tim coming in again, too. Um, one Knox took two injuries uh, on uh, the night Daniel Bertnez God, I hate last name. Codable. <laughs> Codable. I know I've heard sure. it before too, and I just can't think of it at the moment. Looked like he pulled his hamstring, and James Thomas looked like he broke his wrist. Broke his wrist. Yeah. Wow. That, that was, uh, it kind of looked that way. I don't, uh, Thomas is no official words. Just what it looked like on the broadcast is also what Tim's saying. Thomas wrists looked very limp as he walked off the pitch. I noticed that too, uh, Tim, but to me, it kind of looked like too, that initially when he first started walking off, he could kind of move it a little bit. So I'm hoping it's not a, not a broken wrist and more of just a sprain, but yeah, he did go down pretty hard on, on his challenge. Um, and unfortunately it was one of those where he was came in for, a hard challenge and he got carded for the challenge, but ended up injuring himself, which obviously is worse than worse than getting a card. Well, if Dalton Knudsen can play with a uh, cast, so can James Thomas. Yeah. And we'll uh, kind of just have to see. Luckily you don't have to use your hands too much. So yeah. Just yeah. no throw ins for him. The perfect injury for the perfect sport. And Tim also saying a well-deserved yellow, yeah. <laughs> and he also said Thomas is not on Dalton's level. <laughs> True. Not very many players are. Um, oh, So we'll move into the Saturday matches. 6 p.m. Central Time. We've got Greenville hosting one Knox. I, I just... I don't have the confidence in one Knox. I just, I, I don't. And Greenville has looked better. Um, yeah. And to me, I just think Greenville's the better team in that one. I think Greenville's going to come out of there with a two zero, two zero victory, especially being at home against a one Knox side, which we still just don't know what this team can do. Um, 
hot and cold and they were hot recently. So expecting them to take a little bit of a step back on a more important note. Do you think one Knox is going to get a penalty in that match? I, I mean, if current run of form, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Either they're really good at getting penalties or I mean, that just happens happenstance is that they just happen to get a lot of them, but who knows? Just call them one PK from now on. One penalty kick. Yeah, soup loops and I say Greenville, they seem to have gotten some people back from injury lately, which is also true. That is true. Yeah, they have. Which a full strength Greenville squad is always going to be a squad to have to deal with for sure. Yep. Good to hear from you, soup loops. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, want to give a prediction on that one, Rich? Ooh, uh, yeah, I'll go Greenville. Uh, I'll go one zero. One zero. I was leaning more toward two zero, but I'll keep it one zero. Like that. Uh, the next match, also kicking off at six p.m., is Richmond hosting Lexington. This one's interesting. You've got. Yeah. Richmond coming off of coming off of letting a two goal lead slip away um, yeah. tonight, and you have Lexington coming off of that one nil victory versus Charlotte. Yep. So you got one team that seems like they're might have a little bit of a hangover from that loss today. Exactly. Uh, going against a super hot Lexington team but a super inconsistent Lexington team. And if no. history this season has told us anything, it's that Lexington is going to be hot and then cold. It's so, emotional recoveries from opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, mm, this is a tough one. I'm going with Lexington two to one. Whoa. I think Lexington goes on the road to Richmond and gets it done. I think they Whoa. start writing. I think this is the time where Lexington puts it back together and has a Tucson-esque run just way earlier in the season. Damn. Okay. Uh, I'm going the opposite direction. I'm going Richmond 3-1. Actually, uh, I'll go Richmond 3-0. 3-0. Not yeah. even, they don't even get a point. Lexington yeah. doesn't even get a, a goal in this game. Yeah. All right. Uh, then half an hour after the previous two kickoff, we have Chattanooga hosting Union Omaha. 6.30 p.m. Central Time. This is one, it feels like forever since Omaha's played, so I don't even I really remember how this team plays. Um, oh, real quick, I'm going to jump back and Soup Loops uh, asked, did we notice uh, Terzaghi was not in the lineup tonight? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We did. And it looked early like they weren't going to need them soups, so, but uh, in the end, it looks like maybe they did, or didn't maybe they, they could just use the, a defender. Didn't they play without Neil Vignoles too? They did. Neil Vignoles and Terzaghi were both out. Yeah. So you got to think that's a load management thing. Like you said earlier, Rich. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's, who knows now after that match, they might not 
they might not be resting them again. This might be a match that they thought they could overlook, um, overlook after that, but who knows now? Yeah. Uh, and soup letting us know that Neil Vignoles has been injured, uh, per their podcast. So that would explain it. Perfect. Um, so Chattanooga versus Omaha. I don't, feel like I even remember how Union Omaha plays, but I think it'll come <laughs> back to me. Um, this one, it just, Chattanooga's on such a downhill slide. I, yeah. I think this is going to be the perfect match for Omaha to come back from a, a pretty decently long break and uh, be able to take care of business. And it's Union Omaha, so they're not going to score a whole lot. Um, but I'm going to go with 2-0 Union Omaha. I was thinking one zero. Yeah, it's also fair. I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt to yeah. to the strikers getting a little bit of extra rest there, but and it's just get off that rust. Yeah, and I mean it's just Chattanooga just does not look like a good team right now. Yeah, but and, they always play well at the Den. Very true, and their fans are like rabid. Would that be the best? The best. Hey, term? there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, they're one. rabid supporters, so um, <laughs> it's always interesting when you go and play in Chattanooga. So, yeah, but I still think Omaha comes out of there with a victory. And then the nightcap on Saturday at 9 p.m. Here we go, Soup Loops uh, is Central Valley Fuego hosting Tormenta League One after dark. Gotta love it. Oh, we got to jump back to Chattanooga, Omaha. Tim came in saying fans are lights out. Oh, Tim. Gotta love it. Very good. He's so damn quick with all those jokes, too. Central Valley and Tormenta. Soup Loops has some insights. I'd love to hear him. Soup, what do you got? Yeah. So while he's typing that out, what are you predicting for this one? I mean, Central Valley, lack, right, lack of a better term, I'm just going to come out and say it. They look god-awful. They are a oh. horrible team right now. I thought you were going to predict them to win. No, 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 no. <laughs> Central Valley just is a giant mess right now. and They are. Tormenta is a good side. Um, and they just I think they have way too much firepower for Fuego to be able to keep up with. It just, especially if, especially if they get back, um, Kaziah Sterling or, um, I mean, honestly, just Kaziah Sterling makes this team so much more deadly. Yeah. Um, so Toby Otieno has been having a really good season too. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, they've got firepower there in Tormenta. Yeah. And Central Valley just something is, is mightily wrong with that team right now um as i mean when you have front office fighting with supporters and you have the majority of vocal supporters saying that they want a coaching change or have wanted a coaching change for a while um i mean it's it doesn't look good so yeah. um yeah definitely i'm picking torment on this one I'm going uh, Tormenta 2-0. All 
All right, with that. Um, so Soup Loops saying he talked to Sterling and Bosa. Both of them seem poised to come back. Good. Bosa has been cleared to play, and Sterling has gotten a solid two weeks of training in. So that spells trouble for Central Valley. Yes, it does. Um, could be one of those get right matches, maybe looking on the right side for Central Valley. Maybe, maybe this sparks it. Speaking it into existence just for the sake of some Central Valley fans sanity at this point. Um, <laughs> but we'll kind of have to see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, Soup Loops also saying, uh, I'm not saying they're going to come out swinging, but I feel like both of them will bring back the morale of the rest of the guys. Oh, the rest of the guys up. I know I would love to see them just out there doing their thing. Yeah. As would anybody who is a fan of the league, to be honest, yep. we'd love to see, I want to see all the top guys in and playing every week and playing at their, their peak. Yep. That's what you want. And then the final match this weekend is on Sunday at one o'clock central time. I forgot about that one. Charlotte hosting NCFC. Oh. oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that's the ticket right there. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. That's that's the Dogwood Derby, isn't it? I believe so. One and two. Um the Dogwood Derby. That's a tough one to predict. Um yeah. Charlotte obviously is is going to want to uh, to write what happened to them this last week. And yep. NCFC is coming in off of that comeback victory against Richmond. So, ooh. on one hand, you got to think NCFC is going to be a little bit, might be a little bit gassed because of the style of play that Richmond has, that very high press, high intensity style. Um, and them having to score three goals in 15 minutes to get that W. But then again, there is a ton, a ton, a ton, and another ton of firepower on Charlotte's squad. So oh. that is also going to stress you out quite a bit. Yeah, so back in week four, these two uh, drew 1-1. One, one. Uh, that was hosted by North Carolina on that one. So with this week, uh, seeing Charlotte host um we'll see if uh, any fireworks you know go off but yeah i'm i'm gonna lead toward uh, uh north carolina despite the fact they they played tonight and they have to turn around and play again on sunday i'm still leaning toward north carolina i'll stay like one zero though i'm also gonna go with uh north carolina um i think something that lexington did kind of unlocked that charlotte defense that i thought has been sketchy at times uh i think lexington kind of threw out the blueprint to to hurt them and i think teams are going to see that and capitalize on it um i do think charlotte gets a goal in this one but north carolina gets two which has yeah. been the thing with charlotte that i've said all along you have all this firepower but if you let two goals in and you only score one then you still lose yeah yeah i think it's a reasonable prediction right so 
have anything else from anybody watching the live stream, be happy to answer any questions you guys might have. We'll give you a couple minutes to uh, get in on that. But um, other than that, Oh, Tim said that they revealed the 2026 World Cup logo tonight. I thought that was tomorrow night. Oh, man. I'll have to check out that logo. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, looking it you up guys right get now. my initial reaction. Okay. Twenty twenty six. Doesn't seem like anything special. I can put it on the screen up over my face here. I like the way that it incorporates the maple leaf, the star, and then, you know, the, the Mexico green. But, I mean, it's nothing special. Mm -hmm. Where am I seeing it? Super Loops coming in saying, I promise I'm going to get you guys that food list for Statesboro. My wife keeps reminding me. Uh, yeah, so I have seen some uh, good pictures from around the league lately and making me jealous. Uh, I didn't know that Union Omaha had the uh, the mac and cheese over the, the barbecue. Yeah. Or well, the other way around. Whatever, mm -hmm. man. I did not know that. Next time I'm at Warner Park, I'm definitely getting that because that looked good. I'm not a I'm not a big mac and cheese guy, but even to me that looked pretty good. And then Tim coming in saying, like I said, it's dot 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 a logo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Tim. It's it's nothing special. It's nothing, you know, overly fancy. It's not overdone. It's it's a simple, simple logo. Nothing, no big deal. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I just hope there's not some sort of like an abomination of a, a mascot that they they choose for it. I don't even know why there is a mascot for for a World Cup. Just host the tournament without a stupid mascot. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I like about soccer versus pretty much every other American sport. In soccer, it's just the city, and then football club, soccer club united union whatever that's that's the club like you don't need you know nfl you have the city followed by the the moniker every mm -hmm. single team has one i i think that's stupid i think it's overdone you start you know having these stupid monikers coming out and that are just just silly um so yeah that's that's what i like about soccer Why that window? Cool. For some reason, I went back to the starting soon screen. Came back. Okay. Uh oh. The sound actually still worked. Oh, okay, cool. So the sound is still there. We're good. <laughs> so Tim, Tim calling me out. You mean like Chattanooga Red Wolves? Yes, I unfortunately do mean like Chattanooga Red Wolves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, it'll, it's going to be a uh, 
a good weekend of matches. That's for sure. Looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that Sunday match because I completely forgot about that one. And yeah. that's the the strongest one of the the weekend too. Must be like the marquee match, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if that came through. That's all right. All right. Well, I got nothing else. You got anything? I got nothing. Um, hanging out, watching some matches, and pretty much it. Nice. Oh, I actually do. Congrats oh, to hey, the Miami oh, yeah. Heat. Congrats to the Miami Heat for beating the Boston Celtics tonight. Final score? It's a one. To, just saw it two, two minutes ago. 123 to 116. Oh, okay, cool. I love how in the NBA, sometimes when the point spread is like 10 points, the, the press will come out and say, so-and-so dominated over the other team. Like, it was 10 points. That's that's a easy momentum shift in basketball. Yeah, that's... That's why I like playoff basketball, man. It's and you know what too is like sometimes you get these really high scoring games, and other times you get like eighty five to seventy three. Yeah. But yeah, man, everybody in Miami stepped up tonight. That's awesome. Cool. Sorry, I had to throw that one in, guys. No, you're good. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is another episode of League One on the Rocks. Uh, plenty of action coming this weekend. Stay tuned for more content from us. We're going to throw some more graphics at you. We're going to throw some more uh, tweets at you. So uh, be ready to, to join us again on Friday and Sunday night um, when we do those shows. Um, going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to look into some fun, creative questions to ask Brian uh, during those so we have some good conversation topics thrown at you. Uh, feel free to chime in with any questions or comments uh, during those streams as well. We're going to have a fun time on those episodes too. Definitely. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, guys.